It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. A portion of Catlian Street in downtown Sitka remained closed over the weekend after an unmaintained building showed signs of collapse. The structure, known in English as On the Point House, dates from the early 20th century and is one of a handful of clan houses remaining in Sitka from that era. Sitka police closed the 300 block of Catlian Street on Friday evening, September 3rd, when the building began actively slumping into the embankment behind and threatened to slide into the roadway. For more details on what might happen next at this historic property, tune in to Raven News this afternoon at 5.18 p.m. The Sitka School Board will open its meetings with an Indigenous land acknowledgement beginning in October. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The land acknowledgement first came before the Sitka School Board 10 months ago in December of 2020. Although variations of the acknowledgement are becoming more and more common, there was some hesitation. Mainly, the board wanted to make sure they were getting it right. They handed the issue to the Sitka Tribal Council, who handed it to the Cultural Committee, and that proved to be the right move. Yedi Kuk-Ah, Dion Brady-Howard, said the committee took the job seriously and came up with three recommendations over the course of several meetings. She believes the effort will pay dividends for both the tribe and the school board in the future. Not only the need to consult with the tribe in issues surrounding education and native education, but also just the recognition of our tribal sovereignty in looking to the tribe to take the lead on this. And so um, we appreciate it as you come along in your own education, understanding that it it definitely is, um, it can be a very long process and that We're doing the best we can to make sure that it is a thorough process. The Sitka School Board may not have expected a menu of three possibilities, so it came down to picking one. Acknowledgement number two references Klingit elders past, present, and future and states a commitment to build a brighter future together. That resonated with board member Eric Van Sys. Irregardless of a person's culture, the elders are the, the, the gatekeepers of of history and knowledge, and uh, so I, that one uh, stood out for me. But I, I, I don't have any objections with uh, with number one. Number one was favored by Board President Amy Morrison. It reads in part: "The Sitka School Board acknowledges that our schools are located on the ancestral homelands of the Klingit people," and goes on to express gratitude for the care and stewardship of the land. Morrison thought incorporating the schools into the acknowledgement was important. I personally am leaning toward number one. Um, I think just because it does specifically this, you know, acknowledge the school board, or I even think we could maybe change it to the Sitka School District, but in that it, it specifies our schools. Acknowledgement number three was lengthier and contained a more detailed litany of historic injustices while concluding on the idea of weaving a healthier world for future generations. Some of this language comes from a draft of a land acknowledgement that the Juno School Board will consider on September 14th. But it didn't appeal to the Sitka Board. Member Andrew Hames also preferred number one. I like the first one again because, you know, uh, most people, uh, I can speak for most people, but it seems the, the vibe I get is people just want to show, they want to show respect and, and gratitude uh, to uh you know, the indigenous people who have lived here for for so long. And I feel like the first one really 
um, captures that. Board member Blossom Teal Olson didn't indicate a preference, but whatever the board went with, she wanted it to be honest and to be the beginning of a meaningful process of communication rather than a conclusion. What will be said uh, undoubtedly, you know, will come from our hearts and it will be sincere, but also just to note that part of partnership is listening. Teal Olson suggested that the acknowledgement could be revised as needed in the future. Board member Paul Ryu was absent. The remaining members unanimously adopted option number one, which reads, The Sitka School Board acknowledges that our schools are located on the ancestral homelands of the Klingit people who have lived in Sitka since time immemorial. We express our deepest respect and gratitude for our indigenous neighbors, the Klingit, for their enduring care and protection of Klingit Ani. The acknowledgement will join the flag salute preceding all regular meetings of the Sitka School Board beginning in October. Superintendent Frank Hauser recommended including the acknowledgement at other district events, graduation in particular. I think this would be an appropriate uh, recognition and acknowledgement to have kind of uh, leading into really our, our ceremonies that we, you know, come together to uh, celebrate. The Sitka School Board now joins boards in Ketchikan, Anchorage, Fairbanks, and the Matsu in making an Indigenous land acknowledgement at the start of its meetings. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Congress set aside $8 billion for tribal entities across the country as part of the CARES Act. As Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, some of the village corporations got large payouts, while Juno-based Sea Alaska, the regional corporation with the most shareholders, got relatively little, and corporation executives say they're still trying to understand the wide disparities in disbursements. The Supreme Court ruling freed up nearly $450 million in federal pandemic relief. Corporations large and small had applied, some expecting to be able to offer some direct relief to their shareholders. Our amount was going to be around 154000 so we thought, my gosh, uh, did we fill out the forms wrong? You know, maybe we, uh, we missed something. That's Don Bremner. He's president of Yaktat Kwan, Inc. That's Yakutat's village corporation, which has just about 500 shareholders. That means the federal aid would work out to about... 300 bucks a person. It wasn't something to, to get excited about. That's pretty much chump change in, in any corporation our size, you know. It was a similar story in Angoon. Melissa Kukesh chairs the board of Kutsnawu, Inc., which has about 1,100 shareholders with ties to the Southeast Village on Admiralty Island. Our corporation only received $168,625. And it's it's disturbing, especially when you know, an urban corporation just up the way from us receives over $11 million. She's referring to Juno's Gold Belt, Inc. It received about $11 million, and its board is working to distribute the cash to its 4,000-odd shareholders. We're trying to push out as much as possible to shareholders to get their relief, to get that money in their hands as quickly as possible. That's McHugh Pierre, Gold Belt's CEO. The Juno Corporation is offering its shareholders up to $2,600 in direct assistance through the end of September. Then it'll decide what to do with the rest of its cash. There's enough for everybody. Uh, This isn't a needs-based system where your income qualifies. Uh, If you can certify you had expenses and you're a Gold Belt shareholder, we have enough money for everybody to receive relief. Juno's native corporation has about four times as many shareholders as Angoon's yet it received more than 60 times as much federal pandemic relief.
A federal database listing the CARES Act payouts to Alaska Native corporations shows these disparities were common. Staff at a number of Native corporations said they didn't understand exactly how the formula worked, but corporations with more shareholders didn't necessarily get more money. Village corporations have been seeking an explanation from the Treasury Department, but Nathan McCowan, chair of the Alaska Native Village Corporation Association, says they haven't gotten a satisfying answer. They were, they were translucent, but not transparent. According to the Treasury, one of the factors would be the number of employees the corporation and its subsidiaries have. McCowan says that seems to have affected many of the payouts. From what I've heard so far, there does seem to be a strong correlation in that the larger the operating base, the larger the number of employees, the greater amount of money that uh, the corporation received. That might explain the case of a Fognac Native Corporation. It received $19.2 million, or nearly 20000 for each of its thousand-odd shareholders. It's a relatively small village corporation with ancestral ties to the Kodiak Archipelago but its revenues are more than a half billion dollars a year. It also helps explain why Juno's Gold Belt, which boasts more than two dozen subsidiaries, received more than twice as much of this federal relief as Sea Alaska, the ANCSA corporation with the most shareholders overall. Sea Alaska executives declined to comment, but released a statement directed at its 23,000 shareholders, saying the federal formula favored corporations with more than 1,000 employees. The corporation to receive far and away the most CARES Act funds for tribal entities was Siri, the regional corporation serving the Cook Inlet region, including Anchorage, Kenai, and the Matsu. It took in more than $111 million, or roughly $12,000 per shareholder. I don't know how Treasury made their calculations to determine the allocation. Ethan Tyler is a Siri spokesperson. He says the regional corporation serves the most populous part of the state. It runs South Central Foundation, which serves some 60,000 Alaska Natives and Native Americans. I can say they appear to be based on three factors, which are tribal population, employment, and increased expenditures. Um, but we were not provided a basis for the amount of funding that the Treasury allocated to anyone. This money has strings attached. It has to be spent on pandemic-related expenses. And under current deadlines, Siri's full $111 million has to be spent by the end of the year. And we're, we're actively seeking to extend that deadline. This month, Siri announced its shareholders can apply for assistance of up to $1,500 plus more for those with dependents. That's not something many other corporations will be able to offer their shareholders, especially in rural southeast Alaska. It's just really challenging. And That's Kutsunuwu Inc.'s Melissa Kukash again. And the amount of money that we received, if we divided it up between our shareholders, it would be less than $150, I believe. And that can't even get you a plane ticket to Angoon. Which doesn't have an airport. All air service comes via seaplanes that land on the water. That's another project her village corporation is working on, trying to develop an airstrip for the island community. With additional reporting from Liz Ruskin in Anchorage, I'm Jacob Resnick in Juneau. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.